Freemasonry is not a material thing. It is a science of the soul. It is not a creed or doctrine, but a universal expression of the divine wisdom. In its highest sense, it is neither historical nor archeological, but is a divine symbolic language perpetuating under certain concrete symbols, the sacred mysteries of the ancients. Only those who see in it a cosmic study, a life work, a divine inspiration to better thinking, better feeling, and better living had gained even the slightest insight into the true mysteries of the ancient rites. Hello and welcome. I'm Douglas Bowles, and this is 42 Minutes, a podcast about meaning from SyncBook Radio and distributed by thesyncbook.com. You can find our archives at 42minutes.com and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's Monday, March 28th, 2022, the day after Tree Fort. It's been quite a week. And who knew we'd have a Masonic tracing board on our Tree Fort bingo card? Yet, there it is. Now we've all been initiated. And so today for 42 minutes, We'll dig into those ancient rites a bit and try and understand just what it was, this 10th ritual we all participated in, and we'll do so with a local music enthusiast and Treefort superfan, Aaron Anderson. Aaron Anderson is the executive director for the Idaho Botanical Garden, an institution committed to growing community by connecting people, plants, and nature. The Idaho Botanical Garden, one of the first and oldest botanical gardens in Idaho, is a lush 15-acre tapestry of dappled shade and vibrant splashes of color. Nestled in the Boise foothills, it is a sanctuary in the heart of the old penitentiary historic district. The garden promotes horticulture in the Treasure Valley using native and domestic plants adapted to the Intermountain region. One of the fun ways the Botanical Garden connects us all, aside from the popular annual Winter Garden Aglow, is the Outlaw Field Summer Concert Series. And since we all still have music on the brain, I couldn't think of anyone better to do my Tree Fort 10 wrap up with. How are you doing today, Erin? And did you have a good Tree Fort? I'm doing very well. I'm quite tired and had a wonderful Tree Fort experience. Okay, and so is it fair to call you a Tree Fort super fan? I think that's fair. I think that's pretty fair. Great. What time did you call it a night last night? I know that you had to resume to reality today. Yeah, we um, ended out our evening at the Shredder um, and we're home by midnight. So uh, we typically go really hard on Sunday and we're there almost to the end. This year we draw the line at, um, <laughs> at midnight. We said, that's it. We got to go home. And what was what was the the final act of Tree Fort for you? Dead Ender. Dead Ender. I haven't heard of them. Were they good? They were. They're fantastic. We have a personal connection to them, and so it's always a really fun show to go and support. And definitely takes me out of my typical musical genre element. So it's really neat to be able to experience that. Um, just at that show, but also throughout the entire festival. That's probably my favorite part about Tree Fort. How many, so favorite part, it sounds like you've done a few. How many Tree Forts have you done? Oh, that's a really good question. I, I haven't done all 10. Um, I would say I must be somewhere between six and eight. 
I should go back and do some research and do some <laughs> counting, but I have not done all 10. I know that. And then, so do you have like one of the things about when you hit a milestone like 10 is that you have to start thinking about, I mean, you end up inevitably looking back. Do you have any, any memories that still kind of are like there forever burned into your brain? Three, four days gone by. Oh, that's a great question. Um, no, I think that really my favorite part and the memories that get burned in are um, some of those late nights where, you know, you end up like at the taco truck or getting a burrito at 2 a.m. and then you rinse and repeat and you start again um, the next morning. I think probably for me, my favorite parts about Tree Fort are connecting with people in our community. And um, sometimes in the past, we have really tried to um, meet people at specific shows. And, you know, it, it gets to be difficult in trying to do the rendezvous. So now what our strategy was this year and last year, well, last year, you know, six months ago was we're going to go to whatever shows we want to go to. And then we're going to end up seeing somebody there that we absolutely love. I'm talking about me and my partner where we kind of go out at this together. So I think that's like my favorite experience about Tree Ford is just the people that you see at the show and the people that you wouldn't think that you would see at a specific show. That's always really fun too. And so then in terms of people and connecting, do you feel like, uh, what was the difference between the fall and how was this experience different this time? That's a great question. Um, this fall, I think that while we saw some of the same people that we've seen in the past, we spent, I spent a lot more time on the main stage this fall than I typically do. And so it's a different sometimes crowd of individuals who are hanging out at the main stage versus some of the smaller venues. Um, so that was a really significant change just in the, in the people and the connecting. Plus this year um, we could recognize everybody because I would say 90% of the people I came into contact with didn't have a mask on. So that's very helpful as well when you can recognize people where in the fall it was a little bit more incognito. So, you know, you had the mask on and it was a little bit chillier uh, this year. We had such beautiful weather. And so you had a mask on and maybe a hat on and could just kind of cruise, cruise around undetected. Did you guys end up doing all of the days this year? We did. We did. And um, this year was really fun because my daughter, um, who's 17, it was her first year of having um, her own pass. And so we got to also go meet her for some shows. And it was interesting to see what her um, likes were and who she was drawn to. And then we got to share, you know, well, why don't you come with us to the show? Because we really think that you would enjoy this band. So that was really fun to be able to see her experience Tree Fort for her first time. And as how did, how did she take it on? Like what, you know, like what kind of research did she do? Was it like a, like a full palette of stuff or just a, tastes? And I think it was tastes. And for her, she, um, she just started experimenting with some of the all ages locations and then really cued into the temple. That was one of her favorite um, locations to go to. So she loved going and seeing those shows and was, I could see her a lot of times bouncing back and forth between the red room and the blue room. And so that was pretty fun. She didn't do as many of the main stage shows. Um, 
But like we saw, um, I went and saw Prism Bitch over at the Boise Brewing on, that must have been on Friday. And then I recommended that she go see Prism Bitch. And so she went and saw them. Maybe they were over at the temple on um, on Saturday. So that was kind of fun too, because then we were able to debrief and talk about the show and how it was different in the different locations. And uh, she's a huge Prism Bitch fan now. That was probably her very favorite show from the, from the weekend. Cool. So on the schedule before, I was looking at the Sonic Room or Sonic Temple Red and Blue Room. It's like, what is this venue? And then you get there. And that's why I read about masonry at the intro. Like, had you ever been in that building before? I'd never been in there, but I'd heard so much about it. And one of my coworkers um, was past coworkers um, was a member. And so I heard, you know, a little bits and pieces about what, what the purpose is and what that group did, but it's also kind of like, I'm doing air quotes, a little bit of a secret society. There's some secretive things that happen in there. I don't think that they're, um, nefarious in nature. I think they're all very above board, but I've always been fascinated um, to get into that space and to really explore it. So I think that was super fun. It was beautiful. Like it's, it's a cavernous big and then um for people who didn't go to tree fort the the out i think it's called light alchemy or whatever the outfit was just made the whole space completely tied eyed you look at the pictures the first time and you're like what is going on with this room yeah it was amazing um and that they were doing that all in real time um you know with the different lights that were going on the walls and you could see you know, the individual spinning plates and different people coming in for different shows to create that. It's just, it was really an artistic, you know, it was, it was an exhibit. I mean, in a sense, it was really fantastic. And, and what great thoughts to do that. That's one thing Tree Ford is always so amazing at creating an experience. So you feel like you're going into this different space. Um, but the temple was a completely different space because nobody had ever seen it before. And that was the first time that they'd ever been able to host there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was special. I, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, so let's talk about awesome things that you experienced and things. So tell me something awesome that you ate. Oh, um, we went over to, I went over to one of the, um, it was, I can't remember the name of the restaurant. Um, it starts with a B and it's the food truck there and had um, octopus and some soba noodles. And that was really great, especially because I was starving. And so it was towards the end of the night and there's nothing better than late night street food. Like you cannot beat that in any way, shape or form. So that was really fantastic. Also, my kid works over at a pizza shop. So we hit up a late night pizza over at Wise Guys as well. (laughs) So that was nice because she got to see us and we came and checked in. And I think we were the last customers. We hit that up about 11 o'clock or 1130. And just like late night street food, you cannot beat a late night piece of pizza. Yeah, the food trucks are always really good. Did you make it over to the venue Kin at all? during the festival? We didn't, I didn't make it over to Kin this year. I typically do, um, but I didn't. So I know that they had some pretty fantastic shows. Did you make it over? I did. And it's, so it's a, it's a, it's an interesting space for music. Um, I, I mean, it's just, it's really 
big and uh so like there's the whole lawn that surrounds it but they're basically like outside playing you know you could just walk by on the sidewalk and enjoy it um but it has such a vibe in that space that it was really nice i saw the shivas but we also mm -hmm. ate some of the noodles too and the new the i mean it was just so good to pair you know the vibe and the in the food and and it was late night too so it was it was great yeah i've been to several um shows there during the summertime when they host their um outdoor series yeah so it's just it's a really i mean it's just this natural well man-made but natural looking you know amphitheater that's set and it's just perfect for performances yeah yeah you, i agree um what about something awesome you drank did you make it to uh ale fort or do any of that kind of fun yep we made it to ale fort um i probably had maybe one too many beers a couple evenings <laughs> um really enjoyed the bar over at lost grove uh, they're carrying a let's get arty uh beer this year and uh, that supports cultural arts organizations in the Treasure Valley. And so that was really fantastic to see um, that beer out there. And the Idaho Botanical Garden is part of that group that we're really trying to bring more attention to cultural arts in the Treasure Valley. So that was probably my very favorite drink. Um, and I had uh, plenty of them. And I was happy to buy them for any one of my friends because a portion of that does go back to the arts here. Wonderful. What about a, like um, Tree Fort is all about spectacle, too. We talked about the, the Masonic Temple, but did you witness any spectacles that just, you know, left you flabbergasted? Um, one thing that I love to see is the fashion. Uh, people really bring their A game and you can tell that people have been planning outfits or maybe they're just that fashionable. Um, I'm not that fashionable. So it's really impressive to me to see people, you know, with these very well curated, um, outfits and clothing choices. And I think that's the best way to describe it. Uh, so I love people watching during tree four and getting some inspiration also looking at what, um, our younger population is wearing is really fun for me. You can see, you know, people revisiting um, times when I was in high school, I'm 41 years old. And so I'm seeing like this, you know, turnaround of the same types of things that I was wearing when I was in my late teens that they're coming back in. And that part is always really fun. So I think that's, that's one of the most um, fun and amazing things that I saw was just people watching. Yeah. I, well, I had the thought, it's like to be this stylish, do you think they're making their own clothes? You know, it's like, I'm trying to figure out how they put these, some of the stuff together. It's I think that they must be, um, they're clearly finding pieces at places that I don't know about. I don't know <laughs> if I could ever be that cool. I, I could try, but, um, it also gives me a little um, window into my daughters, I have two, into their style, where things started to make a lot more sense to me when I saw, you know, more people wearing that same style versus just what's taking place in my own home, which sometimes confuses me. Um, but I'm also very supportive. Uh, but it just is um, new and um, different ways of putting clothing together. It's interesting. So it was it was fun to be able to see other other people who had a similar style than than my girls. An interesting moment that happened last night. Um, 
the dirt fishermen played and half the audience was were people my age you know who played you know went to all the dirt fishermen shows back in the 90s the crazy horse um but then how the rest of the crowd were all these boise high kids that kt shanafelt brought up on stage because they were all her students at boise high and so that was a really kind of uh you know you talk about things coming back around kind of a cute fun moment that you know that's like typifies tree fort to me that kind of yeah yeah at the el Corio shrine I agree. I feel like this year I saw more young adults than I have in years past. And I don't know if that's because I was more tuned into it with my kiddos being there or if um, there's just more interest from that, you know, 14 to 18 or 19 year old age. Um, so I think that's, that's really fantastic. And then to get everybody in the same room, like you said, and listening to, you know, all different types of, of music that we went to a uh, witch last night at um, El Cora and um, the different, you know, different age ranges, different people that were at that show was, was really fun. And I think that really embodies what tree fort you know works to do is how can we get this really diverse community of individuals together sharing in this moment in this space in this time and enjoying music so well i'm kind of a junkie like an experienced junkie and so what i'm really after is those moments where everything drops away like time stands still and you're just in in that and so did you have any of those where you know, it's just everything falls away and it's just you and like you're all present together um, just in this moment of like it's an eternal moment of uh, something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that there were several times um, when I was able to experience that. I think a lot of that happened when I was with my kid at a show. She's graduating from high school this year. So, you know, that's pretty emotional to be thinking like, oh, this is our, it's not our last time. She'll come back for tree fort, but you know, it's like the last time before things really change. Um, and then last night, I can't remember the band. We were kind of in between shows and we stayed and we watched and it was a metal band and it was two individuals and, um, the the guitarist and the singer just had this like really long like instrumental um and it was like everybody in the room was almost for it felt like for moments standing still you know and typically like the the group is moving and it's morphing but everybody kind of stood still because it just felt like everybody was so in awe of this experience and the sound that was coming out of these two individuals who are just on stage, just rocking. There was a drummer, there was a guitarist and, you know, the lead singer. And it was, it was pretty amazing just to see that and to feel that as well. Which, which space was that? That was over in the, um, I can look on my thing here. It was in the red room um, over at the temple. So yeah, it was, it was pretty fantastic too. Yeah. The interesting thing that always happens is that um, it's so much, you know, like five days is a lot. And so you know, it almost feels like multiple weeks of experiences because there's just so much, but, um, do you have any early week memories that? Oh yeah. That's a great question. 
Now that is so hard to say, Doug, because now I'm thinking, what were we doing on Wednesday? But I was definitely out on Wednesday. I'm going to look at my schedule here to say, where was I? Um, I think just the, the early week memory is just the anticipation of the event and then going out for the first show, you know, and then just kind of arriving and seeing how excited everybody was to be there and to be in person. And that was definitely a conversation that I heard over and over and over was that everybody was just so excited to be together and how wonderful it was to see people in person. And I'm sure you probably noticed that too, but like, you could hear people screaming from, you know, across the venue or from across the street and, you know, over and over it was like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in years. I haven't seen you in years. And I think that that was a really magical component as well. Do you, I, I partake oftentimes in story for it, things that are usually earlier in the day, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you, uh, have you been to any of the other forts? Yeah, I've been to some of the other forts this year. Um, I also made the mistake of not taking time off of work. It just so happens. We have our um, organization's board meeting that happens on Thursday. And so generally I can't take off that much time. I think we're going to make a change to that in the future <laughs> under the um, pretext that it's spring break. And so a lot of people are out of town, um, not because of me and my tree board um, <laughs> schedule, <laughs> but we also have enough of our um, team members at the organization that um, also are, you know, major tree fort supporters. So there was some pretty tired looks. Um, but one thing that I did participate in is um, there's a couple different groups that get together to talk about, um, you know, venues and music and concert promotion and artist rights. And one of those is NEVA. Um, and I'm going to mess up what NEVA stands for. It's National Independent Venue something, I think, along those lines. And um, they hosted a couple different events getting together to talk about concert promotion, artist rights, how artists get paid, and then also venues. And some of the things that we all pay into and how artists can get compensated for that. So that was really fantastic to be able to get together with some other individuals and ask questions on things that we've been participating in for quite some time at the Botanical Garden as a venue, but didn't fully understand why, um, or like what the, in the grand scheme of things, like where the money goes towards these organizations that we're paying into for um, songwriters. So I thought that was really fantastic to be able to get to interface with some of the artists that were there, and then some of the other venues from all over the United States. I mean, people from Texas, people from Spokane, um, and just have a little bit of dialogue around that. So that was pretty cool. Cool. Well, so speaking of events, a question that I had was what, in terms of money coming into the garden, what portion of, you know, your, all the revenue comes from the events. And when, when those turned off, you know, how are you supposed to make it as an organization? What do you do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I definitely um, started going through um, the five stages of loss in March of 2020. (laughs) Um, Denial, anger, um, acceptance, and then uh, started pulling out of that um, to what are we going to do next? So 
Typically on an annual uh, basis, we have anywhere from eight to 15 outlaw field concerts. Um, that's our largest concert, um, you know, series that we host at the garden. We also have about 10 to 14 great garden escape concerts. Uh, that's our smaller series that takes place outside of Outlaw Field within the garden. And then of course we have everything from Winter Garden Aglow to Harvest Festival, Bug Day. We have a lot of activities. We pride ourselves on being able to gather our community um, in a safe and open and inclusive space at the Botanical Garden. So when that tap was turned off for us, um, we really had to look at how can we um, make changes to be able to continue to support the community and that desire to get together while at the same time being safe. When you look at all of our events at the Botanical Garden, um, it's about two thirds of our entire annual operating expenses is what they support. Um, when you start breaking down the events, it's a, it's a really nice, um, just kind of um, sustainable model where if one event goes away for one reason or the other, we still have sustainable funding. The Idaho Botanical Garden is completely self-funded. We don't receive any state, local, federal grant funds from our city um, or from a university. We do it all through our events and our membership. And so when one event goes away, then we're able to, you know, increase another event. But when everything gets turned off, that's really scary. What we were able to do, and we're so fortunate because we are an outdoor venue and because we have smaller capacities than some of the large, large outdoor venues, we were able to still host some events um, at a very small scale. And so we were able to continue with our Great Garden Escape concert series in 2020 and in 2021 with a significantly reduced capacity. But our Outlaw Field concert series, because of the capacity there, uh, was completely gone. And then with our other events, we were able to reduce capacity as well. We were really, really lucky because of that group that I mentioned earlier, Neva. They did a lot of hard work working with um, Eric Gilbert from Treefort and Duck Club and um, a lot of other local uh, concert promotion companies to pass the Shuttered Venue Operator Grant, um, which is funding from the federal government to help support venues and um, promotion companies and um, all different individuals who are tied with performing arts. So we were able to get some government, assistant, government assistance because we had to completely shut off some concerts and then also significantly reduce the rest. So it was a challenging two years. Um, we're really excited that we're coming back um, with our Outlaw Field concerts this year, that our Great Garden Escapes are going to be um, a little bit larger capacity than what we've had. Um, we did learn some things about reducing capacity and how much better of an experience that creates for some of our um, guests who come through our events. Um, we learned some things with time ticketing um, for like our winter garden aglow, but we're excited for the upcoming um, season and what we're going to be able to offer. Well, so could you just, just explain a little bit um, more what the difference between the Outlaw series is and the Garden Escape series? Yeah. And then yeah. even, I know that um, it's a space that like you can hold weddings there too. Are there are concerts there that you guys have nothing to do with, but you're just merely the venue and, you know, and, yeah. and it's a whole other promotion? Yes, yes. We have three, actually, now we have three different 
concert series at the garden. We have our Outlaw Field Concert Series. We've been hosting that in partnership with Seymour Concerts um, for quite some time. At the Garden as a whole, I think we're at 14 or 15 years that we've been hosting those shows. Those are um, nationally recognized artists. So anyone from the Avett Brothers to Jackson Brown, Bonnie Raitt, Marin Morris, um, some large names um, in the, you know, throughout the entire nation. And um, we get a lot of those that are, you know, touring and coming throughout the West Coast. So that's our largest concert series that's hosted by Seymour Concerts, we provide the venue. And there's a lot of, of course, course, like overlap and partnership there, but that's significantly more their event and the responsibility of that falls on them. So that's our largest series this year. Right now we have 16 confirmed concerts that tickets have gone on sale. Uh, We anticipate probably um, two to three more shows, which would be the largest um, and most concerts we've ever had in a season. Artists are ready to tour. They want to get back out there. The tickets have been selling really well. Our guests are really excited to come back out. And so um, that's our biggest concert series. Um, The next size down is in partnership with Duck Club. We host Live on the Lawn. And um, those are shows that are um, more regional based or um, smaller in capacity, up and coming artists, maybe who haven't hit that national stage yet. And um, they're about half the size of our Outlaw Field concerts. They're still on the same area, but on the opposite side of the field from where Outlaw Field concerts typically are. So uh, Duck Club is the concert um, promotion company behind that. And that operates very similar to Outlaw Field. So they do all the work behind it. And um, we're the host and we're the venue. We have um, two of those confirmed this year. And I think there's probably another one coming. So that Which will be two are really those, fun. May I ask? Yeah, you can. I just pulled them up because I wanted to remember. With all of the concert announcements, it's been pretty crazy. So we have. Um, Is that Sharon the, Van Etten? Yep, Sharon Van Etten. Um, it's the Wild Hearts Tour. Yeah, Sharon Van Etten, um, Angel Olsen, and Julian Baker. Yeah. And then we also have um, Aldous Harding. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of those signs throughout um, Tree Fort. So those two shows are alive on the lawn ones. Um, and those are going to be pretty fun. And, and we anticipate maybe one more, at least of those. And then for our smaller concert series, which is Great Garden Escape, we typically host 12 to 15 of those every year. Um, those are even more regional artists, sometimes people who are passing through. Um, that's our smallest capacity events. Typically of the 12 to 15, we have six to eight local artists um, who perform. So Hill Fork Noir, Boise Straight Ahead, Elon Jewel. Uh, we work with Duck Club for to schedule the artists, but that's the concert series that we primarily take you know, the, the brunt of the, of the responsibility on, but we do know that, um, organizations like dot club are just so fantastic at being able to find those artists. They know who's touring. That's what they do every day. 
it's not necessarily in our in our wheelhouse, but we do know how to help host a really fantastic event. So this year, that schedule will be announced. It's typically late April. So we're coming right up on that. And um, I think that we'll have about 12 of those shows this year. And they happen every week, every week at the Garden. I just had a random thought. Is a live after five still a thing? It is. It is. So they're they're getting back up and going awesome. this year. And there's um, some um, verified rumors, which I'm not sure if they're announcing yet, but they're going to be working with a um, concert company who does bookings to help support that. So I think that we're going to see something very different out of a live after five than what we've seen in the past. They've got a really amazing new executive director and she has a vision for how to take that event um, into present day time. So that's going to be really fun to see. Well, so uh, I, I mean, in recent memory, I can't imagine, I, I just don't, it seems like there's so many outlaw shows this at so many good shows too, that it seems like, like you're saying, they want a tour, they want to get back out. Um, everyone is going out all at the same time. Uh, which shows are, are the ones that are going to sell out if they're not already sold out? That's a really great question. Um, I'm going to pull up my list here so I don't leave anybody out. Um, we have so far... Um, Avid Brothers already sold out. They pushed forward from 2020. And so that show is already sold out. Head in the Heart is um, right on its way to selling out. Um, Bonnie Rayet is selling really well so far. Um, also, Jackson Brown is selling well. This is going to be pretty fun because last time Lord Huron and Shaky Graves came to the garden, um, they came together and now they're separate and they've got some strong ticket sales there. We have a section at the garden that's um, it's tables up top. You don't you know, go and find your own space um, down on the, you know, in the main area um, of, of the garden. And one indicator for me of how well these tickets are going to be selling out is that all of those table seats are gone. Um, and they've been going within the first hour that tickets go on sale for like every concert. So I think that people are really hungry for it and for the shows. Um, and we're going to have a really strong year. So they all look fun and good, but which ones are like the ones that you're really excited for? Um, and then what role do you play in like, do you get to give input for this or is it luck of the draw kind of like... Um. It's, it's a little bit of all the above, Doug. Um, <laughs> I'm, I feel like if you are into like indie folk, this is your year at the Botanical Garden. I mean, we have so many bands that are playing. I'm looking forward to camp. Um, I always love Avett Brothers. Um, my dad is super excited about Ween. Um, Bonnie Rayet came to the garden the first year that I was, um, director. And so for me, that just has a little bit of sentimental value there. So I'm excited about that, but also we have some artists, um, that are outside of a genre that we've worked with, you know, worked within in the past a little bit. We have Miran Morris, um, that's coming out. And then we also have a rainbow kitten surprise. That'll be a pretty fun one. And whiskey Myers. So it's a really great, we have Jackson Brown, you know, so there's a, 
big variety of well, shows. Modest Mouse too, I think. Is that Modest one? Mouse, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, and then is Krung Bin an outlaw or is that a duck yep. club? Krung Bin's, a, Krung Bin's an outlaw. So Krung Bin's coming out as well. And did you see Men I Trust at Tree Fort? No, I didn't. Because I think that's the opener for Krung Bin. Yeah, uh, I think that you're right. I didn't. I didn't get to see them. Yeah, they were. So like that was the interesting thought I had about like uh, how much work Eric has to do for um, curating the right flow of the different shows. You know, it's like uh, and who can actually fill the main stage in a way that's Mm -hmm. going to, you know, create the vibe that you're going for, whether it's like, you know, that chill sunshine kind of chatty and drinking vibe or like intense. Uh, Did you happen to go to the dance party the one night? Um, (laughs) That's always, I I, I never understand because I'm more of a live music person and I like Mm -hmm. to see the make people making the music, but the people that love the dance club, man, they love, you know, when you've got the two DJs up there and they're bouncing and, and yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we, one past tree fort moment that does stick out is this past year. Um, there was a roller disco evening, um, out on the Grove and, um, it was DJed by DJ Rocking. And it was really fun. Uh, I brought out my own set of roller skates. Um, and so I think those types of events, when you kind of, you know, pull them into the tree fort experience, they're also what makes memories. But you're right. It's absolutely about curating. Um, and they do a fantastic job of that. So aside from all these great concerts, what other what other things are happening at the garden like right now or things that we should have on our radar oh the black crows are coming too that's another big name yeah (laughs) um we have and offer experiences all year round at the garden right now we have our land art exhibit where artists get together and um we have i think this year 12 or 14 different um art pieces that artists create out of natural materials And that is um, in the month of March and April. And so they'll create a piece. So a good example is one woman um, wove baskets out of pine needles um, that she collected. And it shows like for her, what it was showing her goal um, was to show the different experiences and the progression that we all followed through the pandemic and how in the beginning it felt really dark and now we're coming into this lighter time and she was able to represent that through her baskets Mm -hmm. really cool Um, next up we have our fairy house exhibit individuals in our community make fairy houses so that's a really fun one to come to and then we're starting with our general admission we'll have our bug day event that's great for kids to come and learn about insects Um, in the fall we have harvest festival and then we have our uh, our garden, garden of glow event. So we've got something all the time. Um, if you want to come and just enjoy the garden without a lot of, um, activities, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays in the morning, those are the quietest times at the garden. You can just come and relax and be peaceful in the environment. We have some pretty cool animals that are living over there right now. So if you 
want to catch sight of our resident bobcat or um, over where my admin office is. We just had two owlets. Um, they hatched over the weekend. And so we get to see a lot of different fun things happening for the outdoor enthusiasts in nature as well. And then I know that if you're a member, you get reduced prices on the Outlaw Field series. Um, what yep. other benefits are there to being a botanical garden member? Yeah. So any event that we host at the garden, if you're a member, you get a discount on, whether that's our Great Garden Escape or um, Outlaw Field or even Live on the Lawn. Um, you can simply come visit the garden whenever you want, uh, which is really fantastic. If you have small kids, we have play dates that we offer um, in our children's adventure garden. We have seasonal activities um, that take place for the kids. So that's really fun. Um, one really fantastic, I think, member benefit is that we are part of a reciprocal garden club. And so there are over 200 gardens that you can go to if you're out in your travels this summer um, and you're an Idaho Botanical Garden member, you can go to over 200 gardens for free. So you can go and see what other gardens are doing. Um, and then the other great part about becoming a member is your first in for information. So you get not only the discount for some of our events, but you also get an opportunity to purchase tickets early. So that's a really fantastic benefit in case you are concerned that something's going to sell out pretty quick. Uh, you get a probably bi-weekly uh, newsletter article um, from me or from a member of our staff. And come out and learn about gardening. I mean, that's why we're here. We are the Idaho Botanical Gardens. We have a lot of resources and opportunities for people to come out and enjoy the garden and see exactly you know, what we have to offer, what grows well here in our community. Um, and then we have education classes. So if you wanna dig a little bit deeper and learn about composting or um, learn about what plants grow well here in Idaho, um, and we have youth programs too. So we kind of have something for everyone. Well, that was 42 minutes. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. You've been listening to Aaron Anderson on 42 Minutes. More information about the Idaho Botanical Garden can be found at its website, idahobotanicalgarden.org, to which we'll link. And of course, there you'll be able to find uh, the link to all of those shows that we were talking about that are coming up very soon. I think they start really soon, right? Mm -hmm. Lord Huron is, is soon. Yep, um, May. Yeah. For more information about the Sync Book, our guests, to check out past shows or to subscribe to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, please be sure and visit our website at thesyncbook.com. If you like this podcast, check out others. It's currently all the Sync Book radio archives are free. All this and more can be found at thesyncbook.com. Thanks so much. And the Masonic ritual is not a ceremony, but a life to be lived.
fiction is all they seem to 